Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today, I thought we was going to finish Luke 12 in the last podcast, but it's just too much to cover. So today, we're going to finish Luke chapter 12. And in and, 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 and Luke chapter 12, Jesus, there's this huge crowd gathering around Jesus. Luke says it numbers in the thousands. You got people trampling on one another. So it's kind of getting to be a d- dangerous situation. And Jesus, what he does, he, he turns to his disciples and has a conversation with them and uses it uh, to teach them some things. And then he gets interrupted by somebody in the crowd. So his, his focus shifts from the disciples to the crowd. And then it goes back to the disciples and he's going to come back to the crowd. But as we were uh, in the last podcast, Jesus' focus was with his disciples. And he was telling them... Uh, to to uh, that they're going to have to put their faith and their trust in God because he's leaving. He's going to be leaving. He has tried to tell them this on several occasions. He knows what's coming. They don't. They don't really fully understand that Jesus is about to die on a cross, be in a tomb for three days, and be resurrected. And then 40 days later, that he's going to send back to the Father and sit at the Father's right hand and send them the Holy Spirit. And they are going to be taking over the kingdom. They, they just didn't understand that until really Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit fell. And then it clicked. Then they got it. But Jesus is is telling them that their righteousness has to go beyond the righteousness of the Pharisees because the Pharisees are hypocrites. And and when he's interrupted in his speech to his disciples and what he's trying to teach them by this man who uh, he, he was wanting Jesus to tell his brother to give him his part of the inheritance because his brother was hoarding everything and wasn't wanting to give him his. And Jesus is, is telling this man into the crowd and his disciples, he says, you're putting your focus in the wrong place. You're putting your focus on earthly stuff when your focus should be toward heaven and, 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 and not earthly possessions. And he says, sell your earthly possessions and take care of the people that are around you. Meet their needs. And, and he says, wherever your treasure is, there, there the desires of your heart will be also. And so the question that I asked uh, was, where is our heart? Because wherever our heart is, that, that, that's where our motivation is going to be. If, if our heart is on earthly possessions and, and, and getting more stuff, because we're never satisfied, no matter how much stuff we have, we still want more stuff. That's why Amazon is in business. That's why Walmart is in business. And all, all these places that sell stuff, that's why they're in business. And they, they direct their ads, their advertisement towards you. And, and, and uh, you've, if you've noticed, you can Google something, and then when you get on your Facebook page or your or, or your Instagram page or your uh, YouTube page or whatever, you'll see ads for something that you Googled about earlier in the day or the day before or whatever. They they steer their advertisement trying to get you to buy more stuff so they can make more money. And, and, and so wherever our treasure is, Jesus said, that's where our heart's going to be. So if our heart, if the kingdom of God is first in our lives, our heart's are going to be focused on God 
and we're going to be focused on others and meeting other people's needs because that's what Jesus did. He was the ultimate example of that. And so as he's talking to his disciples, <coughs> excuse me, the next thing he says in verses 35 through 48 is this to his disciples. He says, be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. And then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the, let him in the moment he arrives and he knocks. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. Now you can see where Jesus is going. He's talking about him leaving and then one day returning. But the disciples, they don't really understand what he's saying here. But he says the servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you the truth, he himself will seat them, put it on an apron, and serve them as they sit and eat. He may come in the middle of the night, or just before dawn. But whenever he comes, he will reward the servants who are ready. That's the second time Jesus said that. The ones who are ready will be rewarded. Understand this in verse 39. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. And Peter asked, and this is a good question. Lord, is that illustration just for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, A faithful, sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a, there will be a reward. I'll tell you the truth. The master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. But if that servant thinks, my master won't be back for a while, and he begins beating the other servants, partying, and getting drunk. The master will return unannounced and unexpected, and he will cut the servant in pieces and banish him with the unfaithful. And the servant who knows what the master wants but isn't prepared and doesn't carry out those instructions will be severely punished. But someone who does not know and then does something wrong will be punished only lightly. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. So, Jesus not only wants his followers to put the kingdom of God first, right? And to trust God that God's going to provide their needs on a daily basis because that's what Jesus said in the parable. He said, God, just like he does with the birds, he will take care of our needs not our wants, but our needs on a daily basis. But he also expects us to be prepared at all times. To be, be prepared, to be, be expecting his return. And, and, and I've heard this ever since I was a child, that Jesus is coming back. I'm 49 years old. Maybe you're older than I am. And you've heard this for even longer, and, and we keep hearing, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. Well, w what happens is we hear that so much that we kind of like, well, is he really coming? You know, and then we get bogged down by the cares and the, and the things that are going on in our world. Our, our focus be, gets off of Jesus and onto the things that Jesus told us not to worry about. You know, am I going to have enough food? Am my paycheck going to be enough? Uh, I'm having trouble getting product, and, 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 and so I'm not making as much money right now. How am I going to pay the bill? I just, I just told my family that. I said, 
you know, we're having trouble getting product. I don't know if I'm going to make enough money to pay the bills this month. That's my responsibility. I take care of my family. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. But am I going to worry about it? Maybe a little bit. I'm not going to say I'm not uh, concerned. But I'm praying that God is going to provide our needs. And, and, and He does. He provides what we need on a daily basis. And we're to put our faith and our trust in Him and put in the kingdom of God first. And so he, he, he's, he's telling these people, his disciples, you've got to be ready. You've got to be prepared at all times. Why? Because I'm going to be leaving. And after I leave, there, there's going to be a time that I will be coming back. And you're going to, while I'm gone, you're going to be in charge. You're going to, and that's why he's talking about this servant, this servant that he is put in charge of these other servants. And, and, and he's saying, you're going to be put in charge when I'm gone. Uh, you are taking control of the kingdom. And, and you have to be ready. And you can hear uh, the confusion in Peter's voice when, when Peter asked Jesus, is this for us, Lord? Or, or, or uh, you know, we, we are your hand-picked 12 disciples. You've picked us for a reason. It, 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 is, is this what you're saying, this parable, for us only? Or is it also for the thousands of people that are surrounding us right now, this, this crowd? Who, who is this for? Well, if you think about it, it's actually for all of Jesus' followers, even for us today. Because now that the apostles are gone, the disciples are gone, those 12 that Jesus had handpicked to take over the kingdom, they, they have passed it on to us through the Holy Spirit and through God's Word. And, and, and they, they are teaching us and training us. God is using us to grow His kingdom. It, it's, it's literally in our hands. And that's why it's so important that we put first God's kingdom first, that we, that we live for God on a daily basis, that we read and listen to the teachings of Jesus so that we can know how Jesus lived and how he focused his life to meet the needs of others. And that, that's why he's saying where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. If your heart is on earthly things, you, then, then your focus is going to be on earthly things. If your focus is on heavenly things, if your focus is on me and on my Father, then you're going to be outward focused. You're going to be meeting the needs of people. And, and, and you that will help you to stay focused. Because we are, even today, those of us who are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, we are the bride. We are his church. And Jesus is the groom. We are eagerly awaiting the groom to come for his bride. And what happens is, you know, it, it, this can happen very easily, is we get weary, like I said a while ago. You know, we're, we're waiting for the groom. The groom tarries. It doesn't happen right now because that's what we're used to. We're waiting. We're, we're used to things happening right now in our, in our today's world. You know, we, we get everything in an instant. Um, we, you know, we're, I heard somebody talking about cameras the other day and, and how we didn't take selfies when, when I, when, you know, when I was younger, we had, a, we had the, the cameras, you would take a picture and they would be, there was literally rolls of film inside these cameras. And if you was to open the camera too early, it ruined the whole roll. 
uh, uh, film. And, and so you would take up, I think it was, you could get up to 24 or 32 exposures. So you take up your 24 or 32 pictures and then you would take that roll of film to um, a drugstore somewhere uh, and, and or to a, a photo place. And then it would be four or five days later before you would get your pictures. And then when you get your pictures back, those pictures may not turn out the way that you thought that they did. But now... It, it's all instant, right? You know, we, we've got some of the greatest cameras on our phones and we can instantly take a picture and, and, and the, 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 the uh, cameras are so sophisticated in our phones today and these pictures are just such great quality and it's right there and we can print it out right now, uh, even from our phones uh, onto our, our computers. And, and we, I mean, everything is in an instant. It's instant gratification. And so we hear that Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. And when he doesn't come back right now and when he keeps on tarrying and waiting, we get tired and we get weary and, and, and we get bogged down with stuff that's going on around us because life happens and life gets hard. And we get discouraged because the groom is taking his sweet time in our eyes. He's, and he's, he's not in a hurry like we are. And if we're not careful, we'll do exactly what Jesus warned us not to do. And, and, and we don't want to lose hope and start living like the world. We don't want to lose focus. We don't want to go from having a heavenly focus, a Godward focus, a, a focus on Jesus to a focus on the world and things around us. Because when we lose our focus, that's when we begin to worry and we be, begin, begin to get tired. And, and it's so easy to do. And it's so easy to give up. And that's why I do this podcast, to, to encourage you and, and others to, to not give up, not to lose hope, not to lose focus, but to keep your focus and to keep your hope to endure. That's why the, the, the Grounded Podcast is based off of Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. that talks about how Jesus endured the cross and how we are to keep our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, and, 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 and not lose hope. And if you look all around, people give up on a daily basis. There's so many people that commit suicide who just have enough and they just... They can't see going through another day. Just waking up in the uh, in the morning is such a chore for them. It's so hard for them, and, and, and because it's because their focus, their perspective is, is in the wrong place. It's on themselves, and it's turned inward, and and all they can see is the the crap that's going on in their lives, and they can't see heaven anymore. They can't see Jesus, and they lose all hope. And they're so discouraged that they can't take another moment. And so they take their own life. And we are here to encourage you in any way that we can to keep your focus on Jesus, to keep the hope, to keep on keeping on, to keep grinding. If we can help you in any way, before we go to break, I just want to give you the email address that you can contact us with. And we will pray for you. And we will help you in any way that we can. No matter where you are, we will put people in contact with you that will encourage you, that can help you with whatever situation you are facing today. You can contact us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please don't give up. Keep grinding. 
and, and get in contact with us so we can encourage you and help you in any way we can. When we come back from break, we are going to finish Luke chapter 12. We'll be right back. We all know technology is great when it's operating properly, but when it's not, it can be a huge headache. Well, I want to tell you about my friend Joshua. He is a tech guru, and he is here to help you with any problems that you are having with your computer or your phone. Joshua offers computer troubleshooting. He can get rid of those viruses that slow your computer down. He offers computer training. He offers iPhone and iPad tutoring. He has Wi-Fi support. He offers web hosting. Joshua can come over to your house, or he can help you with your situation by phone. Check out his website at joshuastechservices.com or give him a call at 865-268-6698. So don't lose hope. Don't lose faith. Keep your focus where it should be, and that's on God, on Jesus, heavenward, and and not on things of this earth, and and full of worry, and full of fear, and full of anxiety. Uh, because like Jesus said, what what can you add to your life by worrying? Nothing. It, it's taken away from your life. So put your faith, your trust in God. And if we can help you in any way, please contact us at thegrindedpodcast at gmail.com. So going on with what Jesus says, he says, You must also be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expected. Understand this, if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expected. So the bottom line is this. We don't have a clue when Jesus is coming back. There, there's, I don't care how many books people write. I don't care how many letters are behind their name. I don't care how much schooling they have. I don't care how much Bible knowledge they have. If somebody tries to tell you they know when Jesus is coming back, you turn and you run away from them people as fast as you can go. Do not send them any kind of money. Do not support their ministry because they are false teachers. They do not know when Jesus is coming back. Nobody knows, point blank. Nobody knows when Jesus is coming back. We just only know that he is coming back someday. And he says, be prepared. Be ready. <clears throat> Here's what we do know. Jesus came to earth, right? He lived around 33 years. He died on the cross for our sins. He was placed in a tomb for three days. He came out alive, right? On the third day, he ascends back to the Father. He sends down the Holy Spirit. He, uh, The Holy Spirit is filling the apostles, and, and, and they have taken over the kingdom and and everything, if you, all the prophecies that, that people try to bring up and show how much Bible knowledge they have, and they try to put these prophecies with these end times and say, it's time for Jesus to come back. Look, everything has taken place that has to take place. There is not a prophecy that has to be fulfilled for Jesus to come back. Jesus has done everything that he has to do. He died on the cross. He was in that tomb. He came out, resurrected. He, after 40 days, he ascended back to the Father, set the Father's right hand, sent down his Holy Spirit. The kingdom was started. The, the apostles started it. The apostles grew it. And the apostles are all dead and gone. 
And now we are in control, and Jesus could come back at any moment. He could come back before I finish this statement. See, I, I, I kind of tricked you there and give you some dead air. But Jesus could literally come back any minute now, or he could wait another thousand years. He can do whatever he wants to because God is patient, and he wants people who do not know him as Lord and Savior to give their life to him and be saved. So the, what we need to be focused on is not when, but what we need to be focused on is being prepared for when he does come. We want to be ready. It's like uh, what uh, 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 T.D. Jakes, he used to say, get, re get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. And he'd say that over and over again. We have to be ready. We have to be prepared for when Jesus does roll back those clouds away. And in 1 Thessalonians 4, talks about the trumpet, the angel sounding the trumpet, and, and Jesus steps out. And, 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 and we're going to be caught up in the air, and we will be with him. And, 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 and God is going to separate the sheep from the goats. And, 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 and I think it's in Second Peter chapter 2 or chapter 3 where Peter talks about how the earth is just going to burn away. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Revelation 19 talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb where people who have given their lives for, for, for the kingdom and, 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 and have followed Jesus and have been washing the blood of Jesus, we will literally sit down at a table and Jesus is going to serve us. That's what he's talking about. He's going to put on an apron and he's going to serve us. You think of all the people that are going to be in heaven? But we... Will be in heaven sitting at a table being served by Jesus. How awesome is that going to be? And that food, woo wee, it's going to be so good. Lord, just please don't feed me anything green. But you know what? If I'm in heaven with you and it's going to be for eternity, I'll even eat green food. I don't even care. I just want to be where you are worshiping you, my Savior, for eternity. So give me the green food. Bring it on. So, getting back on track. Jesus wants his disciples to trust God for their daily needs. He wants them to be ready for his returning. And he does not want them to be caught off guard. And he says to them something that sounds really strange to me in verses 49 through 59. He says, I've come to set the world on fire. And I wish it were already burning. I have a terrible baptism of suffering ahead of me. Now, we know what that is. He's talking about the death on the cross. Uh, and, and the suffering that he, he's going to have to suffer. And I'm under a heavy burden until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? Wait, but I thought he was the prince of peace, right? He says, you think I, I come to bring peace to the earth? No, I've come to divide people against each other. Wait a minute, I thought Jesus was against division. I thought Jesus said a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. And here he is, he's saying that he's, he's come to divide people against each other. What's he talking about? He says, from now on, families will be split apart. Three in the favor of me and two against the other. Or two in favor and three against. Father will be divided against son and against uh, the son against the father and mother against the daughter and daughter against the mother and the mother-in-law against the daughter-in-law and the daughter-in-law against the mother-in-law. You see all this division. So <clears throat> now you understand why I say 
th- what he says here is strange because, like I said, he is called the Prince of Peace in Isaiah 9-6. But yet he's talking about how uh, he's totally against division. And he just recently told the crowd in the previous chapter that a kingdom divided against itself, it can't stand. So why is he saying this stuff to his disciples? What, what is he saying? Well, what's his point? It seems as if he's contradicting himself, and that is absolutely not the case. There are no contradictions in the Word of God, and Jesus most certainly is not going to contradict himself in his teachings. So what is his point? Well, he said, I have a terrible baptism of suffering ahead of me, and I'm under a heavy burden until it's accomplished. We know that he was talking about the cross, right? And, and, and the, the awful pain that he went through before the cross and while he was on the cross. <laughs> that he had to uh, die for the sins of mankind. He accomplished his mission. We just talked about that, how he uh, was in the tomb for three days. He came out resurrected, alive. Forty days later, he sends to the Father and he sits at the Father's right hand. So he's accomplished his mission But even before he went to the cross, he was preaching that the kingdom of God is here. That's why he sent those disciples, uh, those 12 disciples and those 72 disciples into villages and towns ahead of him. He he told them to preach the kingdom of God is here. And he gave them the power to work miracles and to cast out demons to back up their message, right? So he was preaching that the kingdom of God is here. Well, what happened? Some believed... And some didn't. Families were divided. Even the crowds, when Jesus was teaching to the crowds, they were divided. He just healed or he cast out a demon of a guy who could not speak. He's not been able to speak his whole life. And when immediately when Jesus cast out that demon, the guy started speaking. He could talk. And you would think the crowd would be so excited. But there was some in the crowd who blame Jesus he, they they said he was casting out demons by the power of Satan so even when Jesus was doing these miracles there were people in the crowds that literally witnessed what had taken place and they were divided they were divided the people who I were eyewitnesses to what Jesus was doing who was hearing his teaching they were divided that's what Jesus was talking about here. He's not contradicting what he's, he was saying, but he was saying people are going to be divided over me and my kingdom and what I am trying to accomplish, and we still see it today. The very first, uh, uh, the very first sermon, rather, was preached by Peter in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit fell on the apostles, right? And he tells the people what, he says, what, you have crucified the very Messiah you've been looking for, but yet God has raised him from the dead. And, and, and he says, uh, you know, the kingdom is, is now begun. And they said, oh my goodness, we realize that you're right. What do we have to do? And so he, he tells them that they have to be baptized in the name of Jesus 
that you know because Jesus is not a blasphemer like y'all accusing him to be. He is from God. He is the Son of God. He is God in the flesh. Y'all crucified the Messiah that you've been looking for for hundreds of years that the prophets have been talking about for hundreds of years. And they said, what do we have to do to make things right? And so Jesus says, I mean, uh, Peter says, you got to be uh, repent of your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins or for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Luke writes in the book of Acts that we've already covered in, in other podcasts. You can, you can check that out. But Luke says, those that gladly received his word were baptized. Well, guess what? There were thousands upon thousands in Jerusalem that day when Peter and the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit and Peter preaches about Jesus. And, and there was about 3,000 people that gladly received his word and, and were obedient. They were baptized into Jesus in Jesus' name for the remission of their sins and they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. But this was the day of Pentecost. So Jews had come from all over the, the world at that time to bring their first fruits to God. So there were thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people there that day that heard Peter's message. But about 3,000 people heard and received it and, and, and obeyed it. But there was thousands of people who heard the message that day, didn't believe it, therefore they were not obedient. That's what Jesus was talking about, this division this division, you know, God would love. God would love for everybody to repent of their sins and give their lives to Him and follow Him, but that is simply not the case. It, it, it didn't happen then, and it still does not happen today. People hear the message of Jesus; it's everywhere. It's it, it's on TV. It's on social media. We hear it from our friends. We hear it from our family. We. We hear it from all from podcasts. We hear it from all these different avenues, and yet people let it go in one ear and out the other. Matter of fact, a lot of people won't even listen to it. They turn it off. They don't want to have any part of Jesus, and that's what Jesus is. I mean, if you think about it, think about. It. <clears throat> Can you imagine the chaos that ensued uh, between? Uh, uh, you got Joseph. This talk going back to when Jesus was just died on the cross. You got these Pharisees. That's who Jesus is talking about in Luke twelve. And their hypocrisy. You got two Pharisees that that had to go because Jesus' very own disciples had fled the scene. They they gone, man. They they out of here. They gone. And so you got Joseph of Arimathea, a Pharisee, and Nicodemus, a Pharisee, who takes the body of Jesus off the cross and prepares it for burial, and puts it in Joseph's very own tomb. And so can you imagine the chaos that ensued between these two men and the rest of those Pharisees when the other Pharisees found out that, that they are actually disciples of Jesus? You're talking about division. Whoa, man. I bet there was some heated arguments going on between Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus and the rest of the Pharisees. And you know what? We still see division in families today because of Jesus. In some countries, people kill their own family members because they follow Jesus. And that is what Jesus was saying. As great as Jesus is, and as awesome as he is, and his message is, even today, not everyone is going to listen 
Not everyone is going to hear it, and not everyone is going to be obedient. Not everyone is going to put the kingdom first, and not everyone is going to put their trust in God. For whatever reason, they choose to trust in themselves, and this brings division in families, between friends, and you name it. It just brings a lot of division. And so Luke Luke wraps up chapter 12. Jesus' focus turning away from his disciples and back to the crowd. Verses 54 through 59, it says, Jesus turned to the crowd and he said, When you see the clouds beginning to form in the west, when you say, here comes a shower, and you're right. When the south wind blows, you say, today's going to be a scorcher. It's going to be hot. And it is. You fools, Jesus says, you know how to interpret the weather signs of the earth and the sky, but you don't know how to interpret the, the present times. Why can't you decide for yourselves what is right? When you are on the way to court with your accuser, try to settle the matter before you get there. Otherwise, your accuser may drag you before the judge who will hand you over to an officer and he'll throw you into prison. If that happens, you won't be free again until you have paid the very last penny. I'm going to leave you with these thoughts from Luke chapter 12. Look around. What do you see? The time is short. And Jesus appearing is drawing near. It's closer each and every day that passes by. The question we have to answer is this. Are you prepared? Am I prepared? Are you trusting God for your everyday needs? Or are you out there living your own life, doing your own thing, and doing what you want to do? Let me tell you something. Don't be caught off guard. And don't let the worries of this life choke out your faith in God. Hang on tight to that relationship. No matter how bad things look around you, no matter how life has challenged you, don't lose your focus. Hang on tight. And I encourage you to read the book of Hebrews because that's what it's all about. You have people that were leaving the faith because of persecution. They're they're dropping Jesus and they're going back into Judaism which could not save them anymore. Jesus is the author and the finisher of their faith. That's what the Hebrew author tells them. And, and they are leaving Jesus and going back into this religion that does not matter anymore. That Jesus is the only way to the Father. And, and, and the Hebrew author is he wrote his letter to encourage them to hang on, to keep grinding. And that's what I'm telling you as we close out this podcast today. Hang on tight, tight as you can, for our deliverer will arrive soon. If we can help you in any situation you're facing today, if we can pray for you, please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com. And we will encourage you. We will respond to you. And we will, no matter where you are in these United States or across the world, we will help you find somebody that will gather around you, that will encourage you, that will help you fight the good fight of faith. And that your focus can stay where it needs to be. And that's on Jesus. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. And remember, keep grinding. God bless. Thank you for listening to The Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. 
If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.